0: You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, episode 168 Mothering Through Divorce and Heartbreak. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30 minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. For a long time, I've been wanting to devote an episode to the mothers in our community who have gone through or are going through the grief of a divorce or of a relationship breakup. If you're grieving the loss of a key relationship in your life while also trying to manage a home and a job and be emotionally available to your children who might also be grieving, the load you are carrying might feel absolutely crushing. I want you to know that I see you and I want 3 30 to be a resource of support and community for you. February and the celebration of Valentine's Day with all the discussion of marriage and the lovey social media posts might especially sting, so that's why I'm airing this episode at this time. If you yourself have not gone through a relationship breakup recently, I hope you will still listen in order to learn how you can better support the people in your life who have. And I hope you'll pass this episode on to a mom who might need it and let her know that you're thinking of her. Our guest today is Tracy Pinnock a licensed marriage and family therapist with a virtual psychotherapy practice where she works with women and couples. She helps women cope with the stress of challenging life transitions, such as breakups, dating, remarriage, and navigating blended families. She's particularly passionate about helping women overcome challenges that leave them feeling stuck so that they can pursue their self-defined ideas of happiness. Personal experience led to Tracy's professional interest in breakup and heartbreak recovery because she has lived what she now helps others to overcome. Through her breakup with her oldest son's father, she experienced depression and made a deliberate effort to pull herself out of it and create the future that she wanted for herself and her son. In the episode today, she'd like to share with you some of the actions that she took and that she shares with her clients in order to help them cope with and heal from heartbreak. Before we jump into that conversation, a quick reminder about this month's podcast sponsor, Tubby Todd Bath Company. I know the co-founder of this company personally, and I love all of the heart that she puts into this work. She's a mom of four who developed these products with her own sensitive skin babies in mind. Each bath product they sell is made with clean ingredients and works hard to nourish, hydrate, and condition skin from head to toe. There's a wide variety of amazing family-friendly products on the Tubby Todd Bath Co. site, including bath bombs, hair detangler, mineral sunscreen, chapsticks, toothpaste, and more. But if you don't know where to start, may I recommend their best-selling Regulars Bundle, which includes their three staple products, the hair and body wash, the everyday lotion, and the amazing all-over ointment. This bundle is literally a three-step process to help your baby or child-sensitive skin, First step, sets them up with the all-natural hair and body wash in the tub. Second step, dry them off and lotion them up with the clean ingredients in the everyday lotion. And final step, use the miraculous all-over ointment on any especially dry, sensitive, or ouchy spots. You can find the regulars bundle and so much more on their website, tubbytodd.com, and use the code 3IN30TT for 15% off. That's 3IN30TT, standing for Tubby Todd, for 15% off. And now onto the show. Here's my conversation with Tracy Pinnock about mothering your kids and yourself while you are going through a relationship breakup. Here we go. Tracy, welcome to 3 and
1: 30. Hello. Thank you very much.
0: I'm so, so glad to have you. This is a topic that has needed to be covered for a long time, and I'm so glad you reached out to me to share your experience and your expertise with this topic. I was wondering if we could start with you just telling us a little bit about yourself and your family.
1: Yes, definitely. So I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and coach. And I am the mother of a five-year-old, soon-to-be six-year-old named Tristan and my one-and-a-half-year-old named Dorian. Um, Mm. And I, as you mentioned in the introduction, I am no longer with my oldest son's father, but I am with my youngest son's father and Mm. we are
0: engaged. All right. Beautiful. Congratulations. Thank you. So we are going to talk today about how women can navigate the heartbreak, essentially, whatever that looks like for them Mm -hmm. within their relationships, heartbreak while also being a mother. And why don't you just jump right into your first takeaway?
1: Yes. So my first takeaway is to feel your feelings, which is in essence saying to grieve and on one hand, I think that maybe comes across as very simple and obvious, but on the other hand, I think it does not. And that is because we tend to associate grief specifically with death. Mm -hmm. And the reality is that Mm -hmm. we grieve any significant loss in our lives, right? So loss of a job, loss of a home, you name it. So clearly loss of a significant romantic relationship falls right into that category. But I do think there's a tendency, because breakups are common, most people go through multiple of them in their lifetime, I think there's this idea that we kind of just need to get over it and move on. Happens to everybody a lot, that sort of thing. But anytime that breakup is significant to you, then you you will experience grief. And whenever we experience grief, we should properly mourn. Mm. Just to kind of clarify, grief is the feeling, whereas mourning is the action. So we tend to do things, actions, to mourn the grief that we are experiencing. So as an example, when it comes to death, You may hold a funeral. That's a mourning practice for the grief that you might be experiencing. And there are a number of things that we can do to mourn. And so when it comes to heartbreak, it's important to give ourselves permission to do that rather than feel like, oh, well, you know, suck it up and keep moving. And this starts getting into how we then kind of can stuff our feelings and not acknowledge them. And then that goes on to complicate our grieving process.
0: Yes. When you say that, it's it's so true that we usually only associate grief with death, but this is its own kind of grief and loss. And I thought about when I was younger, my mom passed away when I was a sophomore in college, right before my sophomore year of college. And I had a sister just older than me who about a month later after our mom passed away, Her boyfriend, who they were planning to get married, they were basically engaged, broke up with her. And so she had these two losses back to back. And it was interesting to talk to her about how similar they were. And she said that in some ways there was additional pain with the loss of her really serious boyfriend because she said, when mom died, I questioned God when Brian broke up with me, I questioned myself. Mm, and yeah. so there's grief there of when somebody dies, you don't think, well, I wasn't enough. What did I do wrong? You just recognize that something happened, that yeah. they they passed away. It wasn't your fault. Whereas with a breakup, you might really question yourself, which is attacks a whole nother part of your self concept, of your coping skills, your yeah. self confidence, all of it. So it is a very real and debilitating loss.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You said it wonderfully because with the loss of a relationship comes many other losses, you know, and everybody's circumstances are different, but some common ones are. So you lose the relationship. You lose that person as your partner.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you have children, then so for mothers, like you lose this other person as a parent in, in the way that they were, right? Yeah. You, you get into co-parenting and what that might look like. But to be honest, there are breakups in which you do actually lose that other person as a parent if you they just kind of disappear or remove themselves or that sort of thing. But Mm -hmm. then there's all sorts of other things, you know, you may lose your housing situation, the neighborhood you lived in, you name it, you name it. There are a lot of losses. And so that's another part of this grief process is being able to recognize the multiple losses you've experienced so that you can properly mourn all of them.
0: Yeah. Sometimes you might've had relationships with your partner's family that you're losing, that you really loved them or, Things may be awkward in your group of friends afterwards, and Mm -hmm. it may not be the same based on if you go through a divorce and people aren't sure uh, how to (laughs) handle that and who to, you know, sort of, quote, side with, even though it shouldn't be that way. That's maybe how it might feel in some Mm -hmm. situations. So there is a lot of loss there. It's interesting to me that you mentioned mourning practices. What are some mourning practices that people could do for a breakup? Mm Because obviously they're not going to have a funeral. What could they do instead?
1: Yes. So that's when we start getting into first acknowledging your feelings and then being able to actually start identifying this is what I'm feeling because sadness is an obvious one, but there can be anger, there can be guilt, there can be shame, embarrassment, confusion. You want to be able to actually identify I'm feeling these things. And then we get into things that are, you know, suggestions to heal from a lot of things. So that's, you know, writing about your feelings. Maybe that's journaling. Maybe if you are creative, that's poetry or music. It's the things that you do to release. So body movement, if dancing is a thing for you, definitely being outside and in nature, things like that. So a lot of things that honestly we would consider to be self-care are Mm -hmm. a part of you being able to release that. And then, which actually takes me into my second takeaway a big one is social support, mm-hmm. and I classify that under resources. So the second takeaway is to really identify and utilize your resources. When you are a mom trying to to be a mom while also <laughs> hurting, You want to restabilize your life after a breakup. So that means looking at, okay, where are my needs now that this relationship is over? Do I need a place to stay? Do I need help with childcare, someone to transport the kids? And oftentimes, some of our most significant resources come through the other people in our life or people who we need to bring into our life. Maybe that's when you seek therapy and bring in a therapist or a support group, divorce support groups, things like that. But identify who those people are in your life. Is your sister? Is it a good friend? Is it a coworker? And in what ways these people can help you and support you? There's all sorts of different types of support. There's financial support. There's childcare. There's a listening ear. There's someone to help you come in and tidy up your home. But it's about becoming very deliberate about saying, okay, hey, here's where I really need help and in a particularly tough time in my life where I am trying to care for myself while also caring for my children Mm -hmm. and like how to balance that. Because, you know, as I always say, we are human first. You're born into this world as a human being, not as a parent. And you as an individual have needs and needs just for yourself because you deserve that. But also if you do want to be there for your children, you have to be okay. Yeah. And, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally. So you absolutely have to tend to your needs. And the social support is a big one because as human beings, we seek social connection. And I like to be clear about that because even the most self-proclaimed antisocial people or people who are like, ah, you know, I'm good on my own. No, they they still want social connection because no one wants to be lonely you may yeah. not be someone who wants to hang out in a big crowd, but you want connection and you do not want loneliness. So, this is important for everyone. Mm. I think what can be hard is that if you do a real assessment of your social network, some people may find that it is lacking in terms of them not feeling very supported, which is why this becomes important because you being able to acknowledge that helps you to be able to figure out how you're going to get the people into your life that you need. Again, whether that's professional help through a therapist, a support group, meetups, literally going out and finding friends because truthfully, that's a huge part of us being able to deal with what we're going through.
0: Mm -hmm. And another thing that I thought of when you compared it to the grief over a death is that when somebody dies, a lot of people rally around them and offer help and offer to bring meals or watch kids or whatever. And we don't probably often think enough about the people in our lives who have experienced losses like this, that we should be rallying around them as well and offering that support. And so it might be extremely lonely for someone who's gone through this kind of a loss that people aren't offering, but they need to be aware enough to take inventory of their resources and It's vulnerable, but ask for the support that they need from their loved ones and their family and friends and say, I'm having a really hard time. I'm grieving. Could you help in this way? And hopefully those people will come through and will help you get through that time as if you had lost someone to death.
1: Yes, absolutely. And you make a very good point because there's also this aspect of the relationship, whatever it meant to you, may not be, it may not be obvious to other people in your life just how impacted you are, not only by the breakup, but just how significant the relationship was to you.
0: Yes. Yes. They can see
1: it differently or they can have their own personal feelings about the person and think, oh, they weren't so great anyway. But that doesn't discount the emotional impact for you. So you're absolutely right being able to reach out to the people in our lives to say, hey, I need some help.
0: Yeah. And I think also Sitting down and getting really clear on your needs, you might be able to meet some of them yourself just by giving yourself a lot of grace, because you might not be able to afford child care to come help with your kids, or you might not have someone nearby that can help you with that. But maybe you build into your schedule that you're not going to feel guilty about it if your kids watch a movie in the morning and a movie in the late afternoon, because you're going to build that time in for you to have a little alone time and morning time and yeah. Just give yourself grace if you're not at your best for a while and you kind of have to go easy on yourself and lessen your load for a little while while you're grieving.
1: 100%. You you don't want to add guilt and shame Mm -hmm. on top of all the stuff you're already feeling. You don't want to add that. Or I should say you don't want to add that specifically for... Exactly that, like how you're parenting in the moment, because you can be experiencing potential guilt or shame around the ending of the relationship alone. Maybe that's something you're feeling, but you don't want to then add, you know, more of that in regards to parenting. So you're absolutely right. Like giving ourselves some grace is an important aspect of this.
0: Yes, absolutely. And then what's your third takeaway? So we've allowed ourselves to really feel and to grieve and we've looked for our resources and we've reached out for support. And I love your third step here because it's so hopeful. So tell us about your last takeaway.
1: Yes, it's definitely to design your ideal life slash parenting situation. This is the part of the healing process that is about regaining hope, because definitely something that is oftentimes lost in a breakup is a sense of hope for the future. I consider heartbreak healing in three stages, which is the survival phase, the maintenance phase, and the thriving phase. So Mm -hmm. the feeling of your feelings would be in the survival phase. You're just trying to like, just hold it together in the maintenance phase. That's around the utilizing your resources, being like, okay, here are the things I need. Here's what I need to get in place in the thriving phase this is about okay i'm coming out of this and feeling good and hopeful about things to come and that's things in all realms of your life and really taking the time to identify what do i want what do i want my life to look like and this is areas of career parenting finances housing you know health you name it i like to do something that i call the ideals list And it's very straightforward. You're literally making a list of the ideal characteristics, traits, or circumstances of any aspect of your life. So, in this case, the ideal parenting situation. When I think about the next year, three years, five years of my life as a mother, what I ideally like to see. So this is where you start writing, you know, if you decide that you want to enter into another romantic relationship, so you want to be in a healthy, happy, thriving relationship, and then you list the qualities that you would want in your partner, and particularly in relation to parenting and how they get along with your children and them being a good step parent. And But then you also go on to identify all the various things that you want in your life. The breakup's definitely can fall into that category of kind of bittersweet or a loss is sometimes a gain. That's a Mm -hmm. quote from Jane Austen that I really like. Because in all of the pain and heartache that may come from a breakup, once the breakup has happened, at some point during the healing process, particularly like in the maintenance phase, that's also a time to really reflect on not only the pros and what you miss about the relationship, but to really acknowledge whatever cons might've been there. Mm -hmm. Maybe you sacrificed certain things or limited yourself in certain ways for the sake of the relationship or your partner. And could this be a time in your life now post relationship to really seek what you want in your future? So this is about the instilling of hope that things can and will be better. And I actually now have the space in the room to kind of redesign any aspects that I was not fully content with.
0: Yes. In that ideals list, you mentioned writing out your ideals of co-parenting with the person that you broke up with. If you have children, yes. what do you do if your ideal is not possible because your ex isn't making it possible or can't invest emotionally in the way that you would like them to?
1: Yeah. And that is, that is a tough one for sure, because this goes into our wants and desires and accepting when it's not how we would like it to be. So this becomes in essence, kind of a coping, a coping with the reality of your parenting circumstances. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like you said, if that co-parent can't invest emotionally, if they are, Particularly combative, or, you know, it's just like communicating with them is just very hard. This becomes, in some ways, kind of a boundary setting situation. So as an example, I know for myself earlier on in my breakup from my son's father, I had a lot of anxiety around our communication to the point that I remember I'd see his name pop up on my phone. I would immediately start to get anxious. So a a small thing that I did was literally change his name in my phone to make it a more neutral thing. And Mm. then I would be really thoughtful about when I picked up the phone to respond. Was it a good time for me? And then as I evolved a bit more with my own healing, I was able to come to a place where I said, okay, I'm making a decision based on how I want to feel and based on how I want my child to experience us as parents. So I guess I should rewind a little bit here. Part of the breakup, it was hard for me because I wanted a lot of answers from him and I would try to question him about certain things that happened between us. And that would immediately create a lot of tension, arguing, things like that. There came a point where I had to decide that as frustrating as that was, I would not continue to ask those questions or engage in that way for the sake of my own, Sanity and what I wanted my child to see between us when he would see our interactions, which was okay. I wanted it to not be tense, not have arguments, things like that. What I'm getting at is I ended up creating that boundary and saying, okay, I will engage with him around these parenting things specifically and not these other things that I do think it's right for me to ask about and try to get closure on. But I'm now literally faced with a choice between how I want this co parenting situation to look. And do I want it to be a more positive experience for myself and my son or to still be tumultuous? This starts to get into legal things. Like if there's a couple where maybe there was abuse or anything like that, where you might even have to put in legal boundaries around things. Mm -hmm. This goes back to that reflecting on what you need and realizing based on what your relationship, and I mean that in the general sense, what your relationship is with this person And what you need in order to make it as safe emotionally, physically as possible and as cooperative as possible. And sometimes that means having to just set boundaries with an uncooperative person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you might not be able to get your ideal, but there's still no harm in writing out what your ideal is. And also looking at it and assessing how much of this is actually in my control and how much of it isn't. And so getting realistic with, well, maybe I can't have him behave in these certain ways because I can't control that, but I can control how I behave and the feelings that I want to have towards him as a co-parent of my child. And so you can really work on yourself. But until you get clear and make those lists, right. you may not even really know what it is that you want that you can work towards. Absolutely. 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 And I definitely think that this is powerful work to do with like a therapist. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're in a situation where the ideal isn't happening and there's frustration and there's anxiety and communication issues, which honestly I think is probably the case with most, almost all breakups where children are involved, get a counselor involved that can help you to set boundaries and improve your communication and all those things that will help you through that. What advice for people would you have about, I love the idea of writing out the ideal for a future partner, Mm -hmm. but again, that is somewhat or totally (laughs) out of your control if you ever meet that person, but what are the benefits of writing it down and what words of wisdom do you have for somebody who is really longing for another romantic relationship that will be better, but maybe it's just not happening right now?
1: Yeah. And so actually, this is the most common ideals list that I help people to make. And that is because you're not writing down the ideal partner list because you want to magically find that person. So how I present this to people is I always say, imagine that you woke up one day, you had a magical wand and you waved it and the ideal person for you appeared what would be all of their qualities and traits. And so you just start listing, and listing, listing, everything from physical traits to personality, life circumstances, you name it. And the reason for doing this is because as you are meeting people, getting to know people, interacting with people having this list in the back of your mind and and actually keeping it somewhere where you can access it regularly because I always tell people you're gonna think of things and as time goes on and you should add them to this list. Sometimes you see things that you don't like about someone and you say, okay, what's the opposite of that? And you put that on the list. And Mm -hmm. so the idea here is that this list is actually a working document that you add to and that you keep in the back of your mind as you're meeting people so that you can be checking the things off the list to see if the people who you're engaging with are matching up enough on the list so that you can determine how you engage with them. So it actually is a very useful tool that when I'm working with women around moving forward, it's like my number one tool. I Mm -hmm. I literally say, we're going to make this list. I want you to keep it somewhere where you can easily access it and you're going to add to it. Because ultimately, I think one of the biggest fears that I hear from women after breakups is, oh my goodness, I don't want this to happen again. Or or how do I avoid falling into this again? And I always say, well, this thing called life and engaging with other human beings, there are no guarantees in terms of just never being in a negative situation again. But We can make choices and notice things and and acknowledge things that help us, you know, to be less likely to be in a situation that we don't want to be in. And this list is a big part of that. This list is where you look and you say, hey, something that's really important to me is that the person that I'm with really be interested in having another child, let's just say. And you're talking with someone, you're dating them, and they're making it very clear they're not interested in that. These are things that you say, oh, okay, yeah, not for me. It's mm-hmm. not a judgment, nothing wrong or bad about it, but you want to acknowledge that it's not for you because for you to continue with something like that, you may very well be sacrificing something important to you and settling. And you can apply that to any of the traits and qualities that would be on your list.
0: Yeah. And it sounds like such a great tool for reflection because probably a lot of things that show up on that list are things that are a reflection of the last relationship you were in that did not go well or that you did not appreciate being treated that way. Mm-hmm. And so you write on your list how you would like to be treated by someone. You know, so it's it's a way to reflect on the past relationship while also having hope for a future relationship. Absolutely. I know many of my friends who have gone through relationship breakups who have felt really hopeless about their prospects as far as professionally It's hard to believe that there's going to be joy again, that there's Mm -hmm. that you can thrive, that you can make money to support your family, especially if that wasn't your role before the breakup. If you were like a stay at home mom and your husband worked and then you get divorced and it's this scary, you know, what am I going to do? So I could see this being a really practical tool to get women just sort of dreaming and and mm-hmm. seeing their potential and that they can do this and they can build a life that they really love. What insights have you have you worked with clients who have been in that experience where they they felt like they had maybe no prospects and then they were able to kind of build the life that they wanted afterwards?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, and what you described, I think, is the experience of many women And especially when you have children, because you are also having to juggle and navigate how you do everything Mm -hmm. while also having little humans to care for. And so you said it perfectly in terms of the dreaming piece, because honestly, that's where it starts, because there's a there's a whole lot of us being limited by our own thoughts and beliefs of what is possible. Mm-hmm. and in the fact that, hey, I, I never did it before or yeah, the life that I had previously lived was one in which I did this and and my partner did that and I didn't think about it. But now I'm in a position in life where, oh, I, I have to think about it. And mm-hmm. so I do a lot of sitting with women to help them start to think outside of the box, quite frankly, at least outside of the box in terms of what their life circumstances have been. And to start asking questions like, what have you always wanted to do? Let's just dream a little bit. Hypothetically, let's just start talking about this. Starting there, it, it trickles down into like, okay, well, actually I've always liked this. I don't know, maybe I can look into this now. I'll go online and start researching. It's all in the baby steps and it's all in the combination of all of these things. So like the other two takeaways becoming good at acknowledging your feelings and doing self-care and reaching out to your resources gets you to that point of being able to thrive and say, okay, this is what I want my future to look like. And I'm going to actually consider these things. You utilizing your resources might allow you to realize that you have people in your circle who you can talk to about certain careers that you've been interested in. And maybe they can have guidance and advice. They can also have connections. Like it really starts bringing in all of the problem-solving aspects of things and Mm -hmm. sitting down and again, kind of redesigning certain aspects of your life. And then also the other thing to keep in mind here, of course, is your children are growing throughout the months, the years, all of this. And so you're also going to just naturally be in different stages in your life as your children are growing up as well. And what that
0: allows you to do and how that shifts
1: things, I think is also part of it.
0: Yeah. And I love what you said about tapping into your resources in order to get more information about possibilities for your life. I have a friend who called me and confided in me that they would be going through a divorce. It wasn't common knowledge yet. She called me to ask me about podcasting. She was specifically interested in maybe becoming a podcast editor. Because she had always been a stay at home mom and was nervous about what she could do to make some money for her family. And because she let me in, so she called me with a professional question, but I was so grateful to know what was going on in her life because Mm -hmm. then I could support her more and be brought into that support group as well. So reaching out to your resources, even for practical reasons, can lead to more emotional and social support as well, I think, as you're going through a loss like this.
1: Absolutely. Because just, yes, a lot of times we are limiting our access to support because we aren't saying something to someone. And it's not necessarily because people don't care or don't want to be a part of that, but they don't want to intrude. And then they feel like they're, you know, being nosy or that sort of thing. But as soon as you let somebody know that something's going on, they understand, oh, okay, this is a safe topic for me to talk with this person about. And to yes. it opens up so many possibilities.
0: Yes, Absolutely. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for this really open-hearted conversation. I know there's women in this community who are going through this right now, and this will be just such a great tool for them practically, but also so that they know that they're not alone and healing is possible and they can get through it. And if they want to reach out for you for more support, what resources do you offer? How can they get in touch with you to work with you?
1: Yes. Um, you can definitely follow me on Instagram at therapist.tracy. That's T-R-A-C-I-E. And the most direct way is to email me, which is tracy at tphtherapy.com. If you are interested in being able to potentially work with me, email
0: um, is best. Okay, great. And we will link all of that in the show notes. And just thank you again for your time and for coming on 3 and 30.
1: Thank you so much for having
0: me. I'm so thankful to Tracy for sharing with us so candidly about this aspect of mothering that can sometimes get overlooked or ignored. I know some of you are going through the loss of a relationship right now, and I hope these takeaways help you on your healing journey. I also hope that you'll pass this episode along to any mother who you think might be blessed by it, or in any support groups that you have with other women who may be going through this type of a loss. By way of recap of our takeaways, first, allow yourself to grieve. We tend to associate grief specifically with death, and the reality is that we grieve any significant loss in our lives. When we struggle to acknowledge this about breakups, it prevents healing. Second, identify and utilize your resources. It's important to the healing process to seek out help for the things you need. Sit down and make an inventory of what you and your kids need right now and brainstorm some people or resources that might be able to help. Get creative and even vulnerable in seeking out solutions and give yourself grace if you're not at your best for a while. Third and finally, when you're ready, take some time to dream and design your ideal life and parenting situation. This is the part of the healing process that's about regaining hope. Journal about what you want your life to look like, particularly in the realm of family and parenting. Once you know what you want, you'll be able to assess each situation and determine changes that need to be made to get closer to that ideal that you have in mind. Friends, there is healing after heartbreak. I know it may not feel like that in the moment, but there is. You can reach out to Tracy for additional professional support. And don't forget about our longtime podcast sponsor, BetterHelp, which offers online counseling on a variety of topics. I also wanted to let you know that we have a previous episode on healing after betrayal in marriage that may be helpful to some of you. I'll link it in the show notes. Whatever you're going through right now, please know that I am rooting for you. So many people are. You are a great mom and it's okay if you have to turn on movies for a little while for your kids. Give yourself grace and have a beautiful week with your family.